From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I'm Kyle. And we're excited to have you guys back for another show today. Yep. Kevin's giggling because we were just talking about <laughs> some uh, giggling. moments. Uh, giggling. We were talking <laughs> about some moments that we face uh, just in life as dad, as men, as employees. And so I asked him, and I'm going to ask him on air, but Kevin, explain to us one of your most embarrassing moments uh, that you face. I'm going somewhere with this, so. but explain <laughs> to us. Tell the audience. Give a, give a little insight on the life of Kevin and how he gets embarrassed. <laughs> so I actually have two. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the two briefly. I'm all, I'm all ears for it. <laughs> so the first one, and I don't you know, our, our audience, I don't know if you've been to our website and kind of know my background or anything like that, but you can go to our website. It's thinkingoutloudmedia.com. You can learn about both Kyle and I and see our families and stuff like that. But anyways, <laughs> I have spent many years as a worship leader and <laughs> I, I went to, I was, went to a church one weekend and I want to say that it was New Year's Eve service. And a lot of times when you preach or you lead worship or whatever, and people know that you do that there, you know, you'll just get called. Like you, there's no, like sometimes there's no warning. They're just like, Hey, you know what? We found out Kevin is here. Let's have him come up and say something or play something or sing something, whatever. <laughs> right. So it's new year's Eve and God's moving in this service, just a great service. So they call me up to uh, lead a couple of worship songs. And so they call me up and I, I come to the piano or the keyboard. And so it's just me. It's just me singing and playing the keyboard. Okay. Now, mind you, I had never, I don't think I've ever been to this church before. I didn't know their system, their setup. I didn't know their keyboard. I didn't know anything. I get on the keyboard and as you know, and I, I go through my first song, everything's great. The spirit of God is moving. I go to hit something. I don't know if it was strings or something on the keyboard. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the keyboard started playing a song on its own. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember having a keyboard when you were little and getting it for your kids, and you press a button, and it plays, I don't know, Ring Around the Rose. I don't know. I mean, isn't that that's a bad song? Isn't it Ring Around? All right, Kev. Playing Ring Around the Rosie during worship. <laughs> Whatever it was. Anyway, it started playing this, like, upbeat, like, just crazy <laughs> song. And we're, like, in the middle of God moving. People are worshiping. And I transition to the next song, and it just plays whatever it wants to play. That was embarrassing. All right? No, so that's 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 one. The other- No, how did you react? What <laughs> You got to tell us. Like, what, what did the people do? How did you react? You know, so the people, I mean, obviously the people just stop, like, like they're just looking up there, like, you know, whatever. And so I look to the left. Is he playing hokey pokey in the right. middle of worship? <laughs> hey, I Do actually, I stick my right foot in or my left arm? Man, I actually know somebody who is a very skilled musician that, that showed me he plays. So like, I don't know if you guys, I, this is about to go down a road, Kyle. Take it. <laughs> Kevin, take the wheel. <laughs> okay. So listen, listen, listen. So if you grew up, so I'm, I mean, if you don't know me, you should know by now, if you listen to the show, I'm black. <laughs> what? What? 
<laughs> so you're black. I'm black. <laughs> no, if you listen to the show, you would understand that he's a st- not. He's an anomaly. <laughs> he's I black, am. but <laughs> you wouldn't. He ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So here's the thing. I grew up in a obviously a, a black church. I grew up in a black church. And so with black gospel music and the whole like playing the organ and stuff like that while people are preaching and then like the shouting music and people like whatever, you know, and I'm not a part of any churches like that. Now I just, that is just not my thing. You know, I I will always have a deep appreciation for gospel music, but I'm all my worship leading career has all been Christian contemporary. Like I'm not the, you know, kind of preacher. (laughs) And so anyways, um, but I say that to say I grew up in that. And so what, what there was a musician. So like we would have these times where people would just shout and they would just run around the church and they would play music. This dude would play stuff like little Mary had a, um, or Mary had a little lamb. He would like sneak in all kinds of stuff while people were shouting, dude, literally hilarious and he did it one night and i was he trolling people (laughs) like was he like let me see if they catch this yes that's basically what he was doing (laughs) that's genius dude like like that is god-given talent right right okay so real quick because i want to get into the the rest of the show because we have a like super important show today but my next so my next embarrassing moment so i work by day in human resources. And so, you know, I, you know, hire people, fire people, that whole thing. Right. And so I, there was somebody that we were going to fire that no one knew about, of of course. And we had just made the decision that we're going to fire this person. So I, so I wanted to give one of the owners a heads up. So what I did was I text the owner and said, hey, <laughs> I just wanted to give you a heads up <laughs> that we already know where this is going. That we are firing so and so. Just I don't want you to be surprised. Just letting you know we're we're you know we're getting rid of her we're getting rid of this person today. So in my phone <laughs> phones get too many people in trouble. Oh my goodness. So in my phone, and I don't even know how this happened. So I have the one of the owners like I had that I have his number, his cell phone number, but also somehow the main number to our company like that you would call <laughs> into is also it was it was it was saved under his contact information. And so when I text it, it didn't go to him. It went to the entire office staff. So as they're in, like, as they're in their cubicles, like doing their work, all of a sudden this alert shows up because the way our software works is we have CSRs and we also, all of us in the office use this software. Okay. And also this soft, the same software is used by the field staff. So this is yes. So like, I look at my text, like I, I send the text. I look at my phone and I can't remember at the moment, but I want to say that I got the alert too, because I have this software open yeah, too. You, your software alerted you. Yes. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like oh. I just alerted. So at the moment, I thought that the field staff also got this. Literally, you have never seen a chubby guy run as fast as I did. (laughs) I ran down to the IT, the person that's uh, ahead of IT. And I was like, man, could you tell me? Like, I just I just sent out this text and it was only supposed to go to one of the owners. Did it go out to everybody? And she was like, let me check. And so she checked and I was like, I please tell me it didn't go out to all the field staff because there's like 100 field staff. I was like, please tell me it didn't. And she was like, no, it didn't go out to the, all the field staff, but it went out to every other person in the office, including that like that person's manager. So I ran to the manager's office and I was like, dude, did you just see what I did? And he, he just dropped his head and he goes, 
yeah dude like how how did that happen and i was like man i don't even know like i didn't know that the owner like i didn't know that our main line was attached to his contact information so literally the most unprofessional embarrassing moment that i've ever had in my career now this person thank god they worked in the field and not in the office so they didn't get the the alert but everyone knew that day that we were letting this person go in the office because (laughs) it's not unprofessional it's an accident man accidents happen the reason i asked was because i had an unprofessional incident happen in the candy aisle of walmart the other night with my almost three-year-old daughter (laughs) so what happened is Brooke and I were like, you know, Easter's coming up. We want to get the girls some baskets, and they're with us. So we have to be a little incognito about this. So let's take them. Let's just, we got to go get some stuff for work and whatnot. So let's let's just act like we're going on a trip. And I was like, well, I want to get the girls Nerf guns. We don't have any Nerf guns at the house. They love Nerf guns. They play with their grandparents. So I want to get them Nerf guns for Easter. And I was like, we're stepping the game up, too. We're getting them like sweet nerf guns so, like the ones that like the ones they got with their grandparents they hurt like, <laughs> they're, they're powerful they're sweet they're just like the little pump action ones that yeah this one is like you could just keep shooting now i'm like i want the rapid fire well <laughs> so but but anyway so i was like i want to make sure it shoots just as strong as the one their papa got them so anyway we get there we get the guns i, I get them in the car and i'm like okay we got to go to the andy candy aisle we get to the candy aisle and my daughter looks at me she's in the cart and there's people all around me and she's like daddy and i'm like yeah she goes i farted and so i'm like i giggle a little bit I'm like okay babe that's fine and like the woman next to me she giggles for the next five minutes my daughter proceeds to scream throughout the store as i'm walking to the register i farted i <laughs> farted daddy i farted and the more that i'm telling her blakely Stop saying that. It's not funny anymore. The more funny she thinks it is. <laughs> so she continues to holler that she farted throughout the store. And the little, like, innocent giggles turned into, like, obvious annoyance. Like, people were like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. looking at you like, can you, can you tell her to stop saying that because it's not funny anymore? No. She continued to say it. And so, usually... Farting for me is not embarrassing, but when you, it was like a broken toy, dude. Like I could not get her to stop. <laughs> I was like, I got to physically remove her from the store from screaming, not just saying it, screaming, daddy, I farted. <laughs> so that was, that was funny. That was embarrassing. A little unprofessional, but I thought it was just a good little question to ask because I was in the process of getting them a step up in their Nerf guns. And, uh, the topic we're talking about today is is a very important one that we face in our nation. We're always going to face this conversation. A lot of what we talk about are going to be topics that, for the most part, are going to stick around. We're just helping people navigate through them. And that topic today isn't Nerf gun control, but it is gun control. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is an issue that's been hotly debated. I mean, you guys mm. know this has been hotly debated in the church and outside the church. And this is one of those issues that divide people. People get, I mean, it, you are either on one side or the other, and it's not like you're like on the fence. It's like you're way over on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and at its core, I mean, I, I, I would say it's a very emotional issue. And I think that's why, you know, it's, it, it, it becomes such a, such a topic because none of us want violence. We, none of us right. wants to see the things that we're seeing. I mean, we just recently had the um, Colorado shooting of, yep. the, of this young man who, who shot up a bunch of people. I think it was 10 people or so at um, Supers in, in Colorado. One, and one was a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we, we, we see that. And no matter your political persuasion, you sit on your couch and you're watching the news and you just go, something's got to be done. Something's got to happen here. Like, this is just not. But the the question of of what should be done is, I think it, that's the big question. Right. And that's yeah. where we become divided. So today we're just we're going to go through 10. So it, here, let me let 
let me set it up this way. So when you're at Christmas, you know, and you're around the Christmas dinner table, Thanksgiving, somebody's birthday party, whatever, these things come up, right? Or mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody on Facebook or whatever, or you see uh, uh, an, a, an, uh, a post, right? And so these things are going to come up. And I think a lot of times when people see arguments for or against, you just don't know how to respond because you don't you're not like you who sits down and researches gun control. Like, you know, what I'm saying we did because <laughs> because this is what we do for, you know, this is what we do, you know, um, because what we say is going to be on air forever. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But for you. A lot of times you're like, I don't even get the whole gun control thing. Like, I don't even. So we're going to help you today. We're, we want to go through like 10 of the most common arguments mm-hmm. that people make about gun control and just kind of go through those. And like we say all the time, guys, we're not interested in saying one side or the other. Our, 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 at the end of the day, it's. Are we, you know, what is, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible say anything about this? Can we glean anything from the word in principle or directly in, from scripture? Like mm-hmm. what, what do we do with this as Christians? Because at the end of the day, we have to navigate culture from a biblical perspective. That's our whole show. Like that's what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're going to do today and, um, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason you know, we kind of we hovered over this topic for a little bit because we didn't know exactly how to approach this topic because of what Kevin said. I mean, you hear about it, you see a post on Facebook, is you're with your family, you're with your friends. Odds are there are just two very opposing sides to this. Yep. And I think that's where this gun reform, because that's what this is. It's gun reform. It's it's and and as a gun owner, I'll just let you know, as a gun owner, I don't like hearing the words gun reform. I don't, mm-hmm. um, because there has been, and this is where the arguments turn sour, there has been a lack of trust with our government. Yeah. And so when you get to a place in society where you say, what is the agenda behind the agenda? That's a very vulnerable place to be as a citizen. Yeah. And so it's not that people necessarily, like myself, want to take the argument way to the right or way to the left. But naturally, as a human, you feel like you have to protect something you think might be taken away. And so even as a gun owner myself, who's more for the gun rights side of things, I've had to educate myself in ways that I just truthfully, I didn't want to. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to go down that path. I didn't want to do it. But what I found myself doing was taking one article that was biased towards my belief and arguing that article. And then all it did was steer the the gun control person in their direction to go even further into their pit of things and say, well, now I've got to protect this even harder. And I realized those arguments, they're not getting anywhere. No. <laughs> nothing's, nothing's getting done. And the thing about it is, is where one side argues gun control we see the other side responds with, you can't take my guns. Right. There's a lack of trust because it seems like, and, and I'm giving my, my side, I'm not saying my side is right. I want mm-hmm. you guys to understand that. I think that it's good for us to be vulnerable on the show yep. and allow you to understand where we're coming from as we go through these top 10. And these top 10 discussions, they're the top 10 across the board. So they're not the top 10 in your home. They're not the top 10 in my home. They're the top 10 across the board. Yeah. What what is being talked about in gun reform legislation wise and why why is this being pushed? That's what we're going to talk about today. But it does seem like from my vulnerable standpoint, it seems like at times guns are being singled out as the main list of reasons for homicides. Yeah. And to me, that doesn't sit well. And we're going to talk about some of this, but because of that feeling, I think that even myself, I've gotten off of the truth at times, and I think that the, the gun control side, they've gotten off the truth at times that guns protect us from higher authority. Guns protect us from our own government. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've landed on the fallacy that guns are the main reason for mass murders and homicide. Statistics are all over the board. Kevin and I, we've done the research. It's hard. Yeah. When you talk about gun control, it's hard to find. I don't think I'll ever allow someone to give me a statistic about gun control after doing research yeah because where gun control says here's the statistics of homicides gun rights activists are showing the same statistics when guns aren't involved and so there's no 
there's really no statistic that's solid yeah that that across the board that says this is what it is with and without guns there's just no statistic that and the reason being is because homicides are happening with guns or without guns right now the second amendment before we get in this the second amendment has never been about how can we get others to stop murdering people right and i think this is where we've kind of gotten off when we talk about gun reform and we're focusing on we got to get people to stop murdering people kevin in my heart our heart is that people will stop murdering people our heart is that racist people would stop being racist our heart is that evil would be eradicated from the earth right. but truth be told with gun laws or without gun laws with the NAACP and with educating people on racism or without it, it's still going to be here. Absolutely. So we can't we can't itemize items and we can't itemize things and say that's the reason. And that's where this argument has really come to a forefront. And I think once both sides can agree that guns aren't the main reason mm-hmm. for murders mm-hmm. and that the Second Amendment has to be respected. However, I think the other side of it is guns are still very dangerous. And there needs to be laws set in place that are going to help protect people in general that do not infringe on our constitutional rights. Once we can agree to that, I don't think anything's going to happen in this debate. And one quick example to that before we get into the, the, one of the top arguments, you think about 9-11. Mm-hmm. You think about what security checkpoints looked like before 9-11. You think about what travel looked like before 9-11. And then we started to realize all of a sudden terrorists were using planes to kill people. Right. Planes weren't taken away from us at that point, right? right. They didn't say, okay, we're going to stop taking planes. What they did, though, is they heightened security. Now, all of a sudden, TSA lines, they're two hours long. Yeah. Baggage checks, things like that. And I don't know that I've ever sat in a security check line for an airport and said, I am tired of waiting two hours to get on this plane. I wish that we just skip all of this. I never said that. I think I've gladly sat in the two-hour line and said, okay, it may take a little longer for me to get on this plane, but I'm getting on this plane. Right. And I'm going to get on this plane, and it's going to be safe. Yep. And I think as a gun owner, I need to remember that when I hear laws of that they're like, hey, we're thinking about making it a little harder or a little longer process for you to get your guns. Instantly for me, Kevin, I go, oh, no, they're going to try to take my gun away. <laughs> right. They're going to try to deny me my gun. No, they're not. No, they're not. What they're saying is the same way that TSA is, hey, it's going to take a little longer for you to get on this plane, but we're making sure there's no bombs going on this plane. We're not taking the plane away from you. It's just going to take longer for you to get it. But once you get it, it's going to be safer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the same with the gun laws. I think the, the gun control side of things where they have it right is, and I'm a gun owner and I don't like the gun control discussion, but I think where they have it right is, hey, listen, you're still going to get your gun in, in this process. It's just, it may take a little longer. We're going to do a little harder of a background check and you may have to wait to a certain age to get it, but you're still going to get it. Right. It's just when you do, it's going to be safer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if the gun control side can say, listen, our goal is just to make it safer mm-hmm. and the gun activist side the gun rights side can say hey i'm all about making it safer as long as my rights aren't infringed Mm -hmm. i think then we can come to a common ground and we can start seeing some reform that actually helps both sides of things yeah yeah 100 percent. well said kyle well said man yeah and i i just want to get into to these and and guys you know some of these you've heard People say, so you might be watching the new, you know, the news and they're kind of going back and forth, Democrats versus Republicans, Republicans versus Democrats, whatever. And they've said these as talking points. And you're just like, okay, you know, so, you know, let's do, let's drill down into that. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of these you may not have heard, but this will educate you and help you if you haven't heard these arguments to be able to, to have a good in-depth conversation about it. So, so the first one. You know, a lot of times this is one of the first arguments that we're going to talk about today is the Second Amendment only gives the right to own guns for use in a militia. So you might hear that some somebody somebody might say that. All right. So let me let me read to you what our Second Amendment actually reads regarding this. Okay. so, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, end quote. 
All right. So at that particular point, I think what we have to realize is our Constitution, and this is where I think people get confused, is our Constitution, it does not give us any rights. Like that's not what it's that's not what it's doing. People think about the Constitution as well. Well, yeah, I, I've got rights, you know, because of the Constitution. No, the Constitution doesn't give us any rights, but it affirms the rights that we already have, mm-hmm. so that we yeah. so that they're safeguarded, right? Yeah. So it, you know, if you if you notice that in in, in what I just read from the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. the right of the people. So, quote, the right of the people to keep and bear arms it isn't given by the language above, right? That That's not, that's not it. But our right to keep and bear arms, which exists outside the Constitution, is protected from infringement, right? So, the mm-hmm. rights that we already have right. outside the Constitution, the Constitution protects those rights, Mm-hmm. That's that's and I think that's this is where we we get mixed up. And so I, I think, you know, it, it's understated. And, and I would say just with anything else, like anything else, we, we just have to be careful when we're when we're debating people, we're talking to our family members and stuff like this, because as Kyle said, it usually is fruitless. It leads to yep. just nowhere. Right. And I think until we sit down, we actually look at the facts and see what it actually says, we're going to be confused and we're just going to be divided and we'll never come to a good agreement. And and most people that you talk to, they're not educated. They haven't done any research. They've listened to their favorite TV uh, personality, radio talk show host, whatever the case may be. They told them they are, you know, and they love them. So they're like, oh, whatever the Republicans say, that's good. Whatever the Democrats say, I'm with that. Well, that's actually not a good way to look at things, right? Right. And, and so that basically is, is the number one. The Second Amendment only gives the right to own guns for use in a militia. Just simply not true. Right. And then we, we hear a lot about ARs, AK-15s, which is another point. But I want to set that up because we hear the second one of these arguments is that the Second Amendment only applied to guns of that day or only applied to muskets. That's not right. That's <laughs> not. And, and anything that we do and when we talk about the Bible on this show, the context, the context of what's being said is also in principle for future. Yeah. And so let me explain that. Anti-gunners or, or the gun control side of things, they often do claim in their argument that modern or rapid firearms they're not protected in this and so they can reform that and that's not infringing on the rights of the americans because that was never the intention when this was documented and this argument assumes first off that muskets were the only type of arms in existence when the second amendment was written and so our founding fathers never intended the protection to extend to modern firearms first argument to that would be that repeating rifles were in existence during this and they were in existence for more than 100 years before the bill of rights were included into our constitution yep uh second muskets were military grade firearms we have to understand that these were military grade firearms that the fathers wrote about mm-hmm. and our founding fathers this is this is the context that i'm talking about why did they write this they wrote it to protect our ability to overthrow a tyrannical a tyrannical government okay So if there was a government like a communism party, our goal then as our right as American citizens is to overthrow that government. That is not a crime. That is a right to overthrow that government. We can't do that like we could if we're really if we could scheme it up in a great way and we're like John Wick and we can kill 30 people with a handgun. (laughs) But guess what? We're not John Wick. And so the purpose of the Second Amendment is to say, listen, if this government has military-grade firearms, but the civilians don't, they're highly outnumbered. They're vastly outmatched. And so we need to have a right to bear those type of arms, not for anything other than to be able to overthrow a government that's trying to rule in a criminal way against people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the third, if this argument were valid, think about this. Smartphones and social media would not be protected as forms of speech under the First Amendment. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I, I, I think that's a powerful point there. I mean, we're going to have freedom of speech. And it, well, back in that day, they didn't have smartphones. They didn't have social media. They didn't have things in, in order to communicate freely across the world. And these modern rapid forms, rapid fire forms of communication. Have you ever had a woman mad text you? That's rapid fire. <laughs> that is rapid. All the married men understand when your phone, it, it starts off usually with a paragraph. It's a slow pump action shotgun. Just this big whole oh, shot at you. Goodness. And then they come out with the Uzi, bro. And right. they're just laying the finger on the trigger. AK-47 text messages all over the place. That's rapid fire communication. But here's the deal. If that argument were valid, we would see some, some, some talk about the freedom of speech not being protected in the social media, in the iPhone communication world. And so we have to understand that when we're making this argument, the context of how we're making this argument and the fact that they were talking about overthrowing the government. And so if the government modernizes, civilization has to modernize with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, sh- and and shout out to Ryan Kleckner and the, the Federalist. It, they did some really good research and, and, and stuff on this and and coming up with s- some of these here. But I I just it, it's it's crazy to me. Now this next one you definitely have heard before, okay? And this one is the crazy. It's crazy to me. Like I this just, is probably the most popular one. Yes, <laughs> and it's the most mind boggling one. Yes, hundred percent. So the third one is criminals won't have guns if we ban them. This is this this this, I don't even know what to say. Like there's nothing to say (laughs) if somebody and I'll probably get blasted for this. But if somebody looked at me in the face and said, well, criminals won't have them if we ban them in my mind, I, I go, there's no help. There's no help that I can offer oh, in no. this moment. And that's not to be disrespectful. Yeah. But but if that is a line that you hang on, you are severely misinformed and uneducated. And right. unaware of your society. <laughs> right. Right. And and it, the thing is, law abiding citizens are gonna do exactly what that phrase just said. They're gonna abide by the law. That's just yeah. how it is. Criminals, they're not going to abide by the law. I don't care what happens. I don't care how many laws you put in place. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's literally the definition of what a criminal is. It's somebody who doesn't, you know, obey the law, right? So to think somehow that we're going to put a law in place where if we ban guns, that criminals won't get them. Have you heard anything? Have you ever heard of the black market? Like, I mean, have you ever heard of, you know, and, and here's what I would say. Here's a good example, right? Drugs are illegal. Just let that sink in for a second. Drugs are illegal. Drugs is a billion dollar industry, but they're banned. They're, they're, they're wrong. If you get stopped with them, like you get, I'm open a can of worms, Kevin. I'm sorry. I'm Uh-oh. trying to hold it in. Yeah, I want you to finish your point. I'm going to open a can of worms. Yeah, I mean, so I look at it just like drugs, right? It, it I mean, there, there's really no, like, like it, all, t- all drugs. And I know some states have legalized marijuana, all that. I, I get all of that, right? I, I totally get that. But the majority of your drugs are, are banned. I mean, you can't even go, you can't even have your, in your car, I can't take the, the pills that I, that I that I take. I cannot have a bottle of pills that has no label on it, and it could be mine. I could literally have a legitimate prescription, but if I don't have the prescription with me, there is no name on it. There's nothing to tie it to me. I could actually get in trouble for yep. having yep. drugs in my car. You know that. I can't exp- I can't explain where they came from. I could be selling them. The police don't know. They just know I have drugs in my car, right? Yeah. So to say for some reason that just because something is banned, that a person that is a criminal is not going to get a hold. If they want to do something, they're going to find a way to do it. We put locks, we put we put lasers, we have all kinds of stuff in our prisons, right? We've got all kinds of things. We still have people who get out of prison. Why? Because they have they have hours and days and months to plan it and think about it. 
Because if that's what they're going to do and they want to do, they find a way to do it. Right. How do you yeah. think people get get out of these maximum security prisons? Like it, you would seem impossible, but they find a way to do it. And so. Yeah. And and the reason I said I was going to open a can of worms is it goes back to the Second Amendment. Kevin, before cocaine was in America, how to get to America? It was smuggled in. Right. Before heroin got to America, how to get to America? Yeah. It was smuggled in. Yep. And we know this to be true. We don't know the depth of it, but who allowed, who was heading up some of the cartel and some of the mob bosses, who was allowing them to get from Cuba back to Miami? Government. Mm -hmm. Government allowed it. Why? Because money talks. Yeah. And there's movies that are coming out about it. There's testimonies coming out about it, about how CIA had supplied guys with planes and they were pilots that were taken out of airlines and used to go overseas. And, and then all of a sudden they were being murdered by the same government because they had to cover up their tracks. Guys, this is what I'm talking about. And this is what the Second Amendment is talking about. The, the, the forefathers, the founding fathers, they, they never would have imagined that. But I'm sure they said, listen, if the government were to act in any way, we're going to have to protect ourselves. Right. If the government goes ahead and says, listen, we're going to take all guns away. Mm -hmm. Guess who still has guns? The government. And guess who's still going to import guns to the bad guys? The government. Why? Because money sells. Because crime sells. Because racism sells. And so when, when that's being said, this is what we're talking about. Criminals don't always look like the guy on the street. And some of you are going to have a hard, a hard time le- hearing this from me, but governing officials can be criminals. Right. Some governing officials are criminals, yeah. not just in this way, but a vast majority of them are doing things illegally right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. at this moment. And it would be super naive of us to think that we could trust the government with taking away guns because they're going to support the argument that criminals won't have them. When at times they're the very criminals that do have them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird twist on it, Kevin. I know, but I'm just saying like the government controls everything. So we have to allow ourselves to at least protect what we have. And the best way to do it right now is with modern weapons. Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, guys, I mean, it's not too far fetched, right? It, we've seen where things have been uncovered where, I mean, in in the public where we've had government officials behind certain things right whether it's drug trafficking you know there's times that it's uncovered that police officers are involved or you know whatever the case may be right it's there so i mean these are these are not things that's too far-fetched yeah and it's not all government right no it's just listen government is is there for checks and balances and we love that so don't don't get us wrong there but we have individuals in positions mm-hmm. and there's evil in the world. And so every now and then you get an individual that shouldn't have the position and things come out. And so that's not, this isn't like an anti-government speech. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. This is just anti-bad people speech. And so it leads us to our next argument though, where we hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. And the reason we hear this one, number four, the reason we hear this one is because there's an, there's a miseducation on the actual guns themselves. And what bothers me, Kevin, is we hear, I mean, we've even heard the president now and the vice president really quote this wrong. Mm-hmm. We've heard definitions from senators and governors about what a 30 round clip is that when you have governing officials that are not educated on guns, but they're pushing gun laws, it's a scary thing. It is. But number four, AR-15s and certain semi-auto rifles should be banned. The reason I don't like this coming from governing officials is because they tie AR-15s in semi-autos and they, they call them assault rifles. They call them automatic rifles. They call them weapons of mass destruction. I mean, you, you, you label it what you label it, but it's, it's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. It's entirely inaccurate. And this argument, this is the argument right here, Kevin, where gun rights activists begin to lose trust in gun lawmakers because... Yep. This is where it begins to feel as if gun rights activists, like if, if I give in here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no stopping what they take from me. Right. Yep. There's already military grade weapons that I can't get. So why are you taking my semi-autos? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Like, oh, wait a minute here. I, 
I don't want to like this is the this is the top of the line of what I can get, I can get without having trouble getting it. Why are you taking this? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the trust starts to go out the window and you're like, "Okay, what's the agenda behind the agenda now? What's going on?" And not that there's a substantial evidence of that, it just feels that way at right. this point. And so Australia did this. And they did it in a pretty convincing way. I mean, it, it wasn't a forceful way, but what they did is they did a buyback program where mm-hmm. they were just like, listen, we, we want to take your pump style shotguns. We want to take your semi-automatic rifles. We're not going to come bang down your doors and do it. But if you want, we'll buy them off of you. We'll mm-hmm. buy them back. And what I think it, it is significant to note here, and this is where when we were doing our research, I remember texting you, Kevin, and going, my mind hurts. Like yeah. my brain literally hurts because researching Australia, researching France, researching European nations, they did a lot of the stuff America's talking about doing, and there's no conclusive evidence on one way or the other. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. no evidence that says taking the guns away did this or keeping the guns did, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not enough evidence, so it's all inconclusive, and what it does is it leaves it up to bias. Yeah. It it leaves it back to square one. Hey, we took the guns, but now we're still back to square one. 100%. Australia's numbers didn't change in any significance with homicides and with deaths. And all it did was guarantee that now those guns were out of those hands. Mm -hmm. And so that's why an educated guy like me looks at that and goes, so if that's not the main variable, why are we making that the main variable? What's Mm -hmm. behind this? Because that, to me, I'm being told by my governor... The data, the science. Well, to me, the data and the science is inconclusive. So can we please find something that's a little more conclusive and go right. after that? Right. Or do you want me to trust data and science? That's me being vulnerable, though. That's me saying, I'm listening to you. I'm collecting data. I'm collecting science. This doesn't add up, but you're telling me it does. So that's where the trust, it really goes out the window. And so that's where... When we start talking about rifles, we start talking about AR-15s, that's where you'll see a lot of guys like me that go, okay, I don't trust this as much. Rifles, although popularized by the media, they're not you regularly used in violent crimes. In fact, according to the FBI, hammers, blunt instruments, they're used more than murders, murders than rifles are. Yep. We have to be careful, guys. And this goes right along with the racism. Racism exists. Mass shootings, they exist. Yep. But you have to understand who controls the media. And I think one of the most disrespectful things our media can do is publicize a murder, not for the murder's sake, but for the agenda's sake. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing men and women who are slaughtered all over the media because we're pushing gun laws. Yep. When we've seen in France that you can take the guns away and people will start throwing bottles of acid at people. Mental health is not a respecter of weaponry. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Like it will find its way out. Yep. And we're, if people want to murder people. And then this is not me degrading the fact that guns are violent. Guns are violent and there right. needs to be respect. There needs to be lost to it. But what I'm saying is, is we have to be careful on what the agenda really is. Now, rifles have been used in some recent mass shootings. However, the shooters at Maryland Fort Hood and Virginia Tech did not use rifles. They did not use rifles. Yep. And likewise... Vehicles are most commonly used by drunk drivers, those texting while driving to kill people, and these people don't have a murderous intent. However, many more deaths are caused in this manner, and it is still the fault of the person, not the tool, because we find out it's the actions of the person, it's the mental stability of the person, it's the negligence of the person. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand what's the main variable. The main variable is the person. Right. In every case. It's It's not the item. And so... And which is why we lead into the fifth argument. That's mm-hmm. why I think some gun control people, gun, gun control side, they say, okay, listen, the main variable is the person. It's not necessarily the gun. So what we should do is we have to raise the rifle purchase age to 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I debated this a little bit uh, before the show, and I know you're going to interject here, which I want you to because I think we, we see this a little differently. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's shocking to hear me say this, but as a gun owner, I'm not against this. I'm mm-hmm. not against raising it to 21 as long as everything else is raised to 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that if we're going to say, hey, listen, you're not adult enough to purchase a rifle until 21, then everything else needs to be raised there. 
Because again, vehicles are used in this. The negligence of vehicles are used in this. The negligence of a hundred other things can be used in this. And so if age is really that much of a variable, that we should raise the age variable all the way up for everything else that we can in life. And it goes back to my my statement that age is not the main variable though. So no. I'm, I'm kind of back and forth, but age is not the main variable. Mental and emotional health doesn't have an age requirement. Lapse in judgment doesn't have an age requirement. My five-year-old picks up on things that I don't pick up on as a 30-year-old. Mm-hmm. Lapse in judgment does not have an age requirement. So this argument could partner with banning guns so criminals don't have them. There will always be a way. Whether mm-hmm. you're 18, you're 19, you're 20, there have been recent murders that have happened and there were 20-year-olds that got a hold of guns. Some mass shootings were 20-year-olds, they weren't 21. So you're telling me a year's time is going to change that? I don't think that. All I'm saying is, is I do think that if we're going to raise it to 21, then there needs to be substantial evidence why and everything else should be raised that way. And if not, then everything should be to 18. Yeah. I don't think that we're being congruent across the board. I don't think that we're being consistent across the board and we're just throwing things out there because, well, we had a mass shooting. He was 20. So let's raise it to 21. Kevin, to me, that doesn't make sense. There's not enough science behind that. Yeah, I don't think so either, Kyle. Like, I just, you know, and I agree with you. Like, if, if, if we're going to raise the age, we should raise it across the board. I guess my thing is, what's the difference between somebody that's 18 and 21? Like, I, to me, I don't think you know half of what you need to know or, or even know where you're going or what's happening until you're 30. Like, I, I just, I feel like 30 is when you really start getting a handle on life. You start getting a handle on where you are, what's going on. You know, because you're, you're around that time, you're starting to have kids or you or you've had kids and those kids are old enough now, you know, they're five, six years old, whatever the case may be. And you're just learning more of life. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, between, I guess for me, I look at it 18 years old, 21 years old. It's still super young. I, you know, and I still think you're in that stage where you're doing stuff. Because it's trendy or it's cool or it's whatever. It's the same thing we, t- we say to our kids about tattoos, right? We say, yeah. yeah, I know at 14 years old, you want to get the tattoo of Billy because you love him so much and you think you guys are going to be together forever. But as parents, we say, we know that you're not, you, it's the probability of you being with Billy for the rest of your life, starting at 14 is probably, it's just not, it's slim. Right. Yeah. You know, and and so I look at it and say, you know, you might think it's cool to go and grab a gun when you're 18 years old, 19, 20, whatever the case may be. But, you know, but really understanding how to handle a firearm, knowing what it's used for, what it's not used for, being responsible, all of that stuff. You know, you can get all the training in the world, but if you're not mature as a person, it doesn't really matter. So my thing is, whether it's 18 or 21, who cares? <laughs> like, I mean, that's just my take. You know, yeah. who, you know, who cares? Now, do I agree with raising the age? Sure. I think anything that we can do to make guns harder for people who should not have them to get, I think is, is good. Yeah, and I think we have to understand as a gun owner, like, I, it's going to be easy for me to get the gun. It may take a little longer for me to get the gun, but don't mistake it as it's impossible to get my gun now. I think a lot of where my side argues where we go wrong is we take it as you're taking my rights away. I'm not allowed to get that gun. No, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, listen, if you're 18, you may have to wait three more years. Right. Yep. Listen, if you're 21, you may have to wait six more months because we've got to go through a process. Again, we're going to get you the gun. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But we take we take like a lack of time. We take like what well, we do we get impatient, right? And we're yeah. taking our, our the fact that we're impatient and we're twisting it to say we're just not getting our gun. No, that's not that's where I have to settle down personally. That's where I have to go. I have to be okay with this because ultimately they're trying to make it safer. They're not making it impossible, they're making yeah. it safer. Right. Yep, 100%. And we got obviously we have a few more of these and we also we want to talk specifically about, you know, it, can we find this in the Bible? Is, is there, you know, because we want to be able to apply this scripturally. Like, that's that's the thing. We want to help you navigate culture from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested necessarily in, well, it's my side versus your side versus what. No, we are pro what's right. 
it does it say it in the Bible? Does it back it up in Scripture? Where, where you know, this whole thing of personal protection, right? Because that's really what we're talking about, personal protection. Can we protect ourselves? Is it biblical? And we are going to continue this discussion next week because there is so much more that we have to cover and yeah, we've only gone through five. We've got another five to go, and we want to we want to tell you what Jesus says about it, <laughs> right? And that I think is 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 extremely important. So you know, again, you know, as you as you're talking to your family members, your friends, and different ones like that, you know, share the show with them, right? And make that a discussion point. So you know what, you know, send it to them. You know, just just you know, any of these shows. You can share from whatever platform that you listen to it on and just say, hey, I want you to listen to this. You know, let's talk about it. Right. Show number two. Would Jesus pack heat? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But we're actually going to talk about that. So we are. Yeah. So, you know, here's what I want you to do. If you're listening to us right now, you're listening to us on an Apple device. Please scroll down to the bottom and rate and review us if you will also mm-hmm. we'd love for you you know listen you say hey how can I, how can we help you out how can we help the show grow that's one way right and we're on every platform any streaming platform so if there is a, a place there where you can leave a review or you can rate us go ahead and do it right there are some places that you can't so that's why you always hear us say apple because apple has a very good rating system and they they have a good place for for reviews and so that's why we always say apple and the majority of our listeners are listening on apple devices based on our stats so that's why we always say that also if you love this show would you do us a favor and this just helps us in a great way share the show on your social media Right. Just go ahead. I mean, you can share right from the app that you listen to this show right to your social media. Tell your friends about it. Right. Let them know, like, hey, I listen to the show. I, I think it's really good. And you know what? We don't expect everyone to agree with every single thing that we say. Right. Like that's I listen to shows all the time that I do not agree with the hosts. Right. But I listen because it's good for me. Right. To hear both sides of the argument. So so share it. Sometimes I don't agree with what I'm saying right? (laughs) because I've been so biased to one side and then I educate myself and I go, oh, right. I don't feel good, but it's education. Right. And that's yeah, that that's important. So if you want to know how to help us, that's the way you can help us share, 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 share these episodes in all of those cities that I talked about last time. We talked all the over 200 plus cities that have listened. Then we've got 12 different countries. Guys, share, share, share. And that helps us greatly. And so we appreciate every single one of you listening. Listen, next time we're going to jump right back into this discussion. We're going to talk about is it biblical? Is it, you know, and, and go from there. God bless you guys. We love you guys. We will see you next week.